If you enjoy these speakers, please consider joining us at the OA Birthday Party this January 18th through 20th at the LEX Hilton in sunny Los Angeles. This event includes workshops, speakers, marathons, panels, special focus meetings, and more with hundreds of OA members from around the world. Registration is just $45 through Thanksgiving and $55 after that. The OA rate at the Hilton for up to four people per room is just $134 per night. There is a hotel shuttle, so you don't even need a car. If you're interested, please visit oabirthday.org for more details. Okay, now is the time for a leader to qualify, so please stand, blah, blah, blah. Um, at 9.15, that's all I get. I thought I got two hours to speak. Okay. Well, I'm Jeannie, and I'm a compulsive overeater for certain. I'm so thrilled to be here, even though I'm visiting you from northern Michigan. Um, we get about 120 inches of snow every, every uh, winter. Come on up. It's gorgeous. Four seasons. Beautiful. Seriously. It's like the Martha's Vineyard of the Midwest. It's very nice. Um, I did get abstinent in Santa Monica, California. And let me give you some numbers out of the way. I am uh, I'm abstinent 29 years, two months, and one day. I'm maintaining 121-pound weight loss. And um, I got absent in Santa Monica, California. And uh, so that's it. And I have a sponsor. I sponsor people. I work the steps. I have an OA posse. I'm never alone in my mind or my body. I always check in with my posse every day. I don't like to live my life alone. So just what it was like, what happened, what it's like now. Um, I just ate to process life. I was born in a very beautiful country town in Pennsylvania. They filmed the movie, um, The Amish Live Near Me, beautiful farm country, idyllic, animals, everything, cornfields, fantastic. However, I was just a compulsive overeater from the get-go. Now, <clears throat> this is recorded. I guess I'm not going to say my age, but I can recall. I, I'm not young. So I can recall actually when weddings that I've gone to when I was a teenager. Can you imagine? Not the wedding. I can recall what they served at the wedding. Can you imagine that? This is like 60 years ago. Forget the bride. I remember the, the meal. And um, I just completely ate. But the thing about this disease for me was it's progressive. In other words, when I was in high school, I had to lose, let's say, 40 pounds. Then I lost the 40 pounds, and I gained 60. Then I lost 60, and I gained 80. Then I lost 80, and I gained 100. Then I lost 100, and I gained 120. So when I came into Overeaters Anonymous in June of 1989, I got abstinent in July, um, I was fighting. I lost and gained 700 pounds, up, down, up, down. I am a nutritional wizard. Ask me anything after the meeting about food. And what I know about it means absolutely nothing to my disease. It means nothing. And um, I'm also I've been to everybody in the world before I came into program to try to fix me. I mean, I had a very lucrative career at the time in Beverly Hills, California, so I could write checks to anybody in the world who I thought would help me. So as a result of that, I've been to doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs, psychiatrists, nutritionists, fat farms, cosmetic surgeons. Um, and this is before I got thin. I mean, I went there like 260 pounds, size 24. I used to get stopped on the streets of Beverly Hills because people thought I was Mama Cass. You know who that is, Cass Elliot? I was her twin. The big bushy hair, the big moo-moo, the earth shoes. I mean, we don't have earth shoes anymore. Now it's Birkenstocks. But I was her twin. So I went to all these professionals to try to fix me. 
And I wanted them to make me thin but not change. I did not realize that I had an affliction. I did not realize that I had a disease like pneumonia. It was diagnosable. I did not realize at the time that I was viewing the world and feeling and thinking in a very diseased manner. Now, I got this education when I came into OA and I got a sponsor, which totally straightened me out. But, you know, back to what it was like. I was gaining and losing 700 pounds. All these professionals could not fix me. And this is before I got thin, as I said. I was wrapped, sucked, nipped, and tucked by all the cosmetic surgeons in Beverly Hills. They still couldn't get me thin. I mean, they wrap you in like 600-degree rooms, like in duct tape, and you're supposed to like take off 10 pounds. I just came out there and called 911. I was soaking wet and I was going to pass out. I never lost a pound. So I would try all these new wave um, things, and also things in Europe, by the way, because I could afford to do that. Um, with they'll never pass the FDA here. I passed. I did things over there that will never unacceptable in this country. Because when you get a girl like me, who is 262 pounds, size 24 has a lot of money to find out how to get skinny, she's going to write checks. That was me. I wrote checks to like, you know, some clairvoyant, you know, who knows, you know, fortune teller like in Malibu who would tell me how to get skinny. I don't care if it was a three grand an hour. So what? I wanted to be thin. And you know what? I got thin a lot of the times, but I couldn't stay thin. I could not stay thin because I did not realize that my disease had nothing to do with my consumption of food. It was how I thought, felt, and act about life. That is the disease of compulsive overeating. I did not understand that. Because every time I got thin and ate alfalfa sprouts and tofu for like three months in a row and got like, I'm five foot eight. I used to weigh like 110. I mean, that's too thin for my, my age right now. But I thought, I'm cured. I'm fixed. I'm so excited. I can eat again. And I did. I went back up to 260 pounds because I changed nothing but what was on my plate and in my refrigerator. I changed nothing. And so after I went through all these professionals that I just told you about and paid, I mean, there's guys, that, there's shrinks in now, Beverly Hills now that are driving Mercedes that I bought for them, you know, 29 years ago. I mean, it's their car, but I bought it for them, right, because I was going to them. But what I'm getting at is, so... I was out of professionals. I wasn't out of money. I was out of people that could help me. Who could I pay? Could you help me? How much? Okay, let's go. But they got me thin, but I could never stay thin because I changed nothing. I want to reiterate this. I changed nothing but what I ate. And then because when I ate, there's, is it anything worse than having a person, a compulsive overeater, who is not eating? Because then I'm a, I'm a witch. I'm slithering around the planet looking for a fight. Why? Because, you know, I mean, I, I was the pioneer of road rage. I'm not kidding you in L.A. I mean, I was one of the founders. I was. This is before they carried weapons. Uh, you know, I'm seriously, now I, I'm very careful because I'm old and um, they do carry weapons. So what I do in Michigan, I have a concealed permit. But I, I don't carry it. I don't live that high-risk kind of life. So um, I was the pioneer of road rage because when I'm not eating and I'm 110 pounds, 5'8", with no steps, look out. I'm looking for weapons. And I'm looking for you to pick on so I can fight with you because I'm so angry because I don't have my medication. I needed something to coat the nerves to take the edge off of life. What am I going to do if I'm skinny and I'm, I'm dieting and I'm fasting and I'm starving? I had no alternative but to do what? Go back to eating because that coated the nerves. It took the edge off of life. It helped me function through a troublesome day without really facing reality. 
That's what food did for me. It helped me change reality. Unfortunately, it changed my body also at the same time because I started getting fat again. I did not want to face life as an adult person. So then I just, so I'll tell you what stopping eating did for me. Absolutely nothing except to gradually make my life so painful that I had to go back to eating. I had nothing to fill that void, nothing to fill that vacuum. When I take food out, I create a vacuum, and the world will not accept the vacuum, because why? It's against the law of physics. When there's a vacuum in me, and I'm walking around like this, white-knuckling it, and I'm 110, slithering witch around the country, and in Los Angeles, I'm going to have to go back to filling something in that void. And if I didn't have OA at the time, what do you think I filled that void with? Food. And that's how I gained and lost 700 pounds. I took food out and put nothing in. So I came to OA in July of 1989. Why? Because I had been through all the professionals in the world for sale at that time. Now, since then, there's like tons of them, right? And I can't watch that because I'll go, I mean, I'll write the show. But I don't want to because I'm in recovery. I don't need them anymore. I mean, I could get on a plane right now to L.A. and fly to Paris and do all the she-she, poo-poo, get skinny routine. And why am I an Overeaters Anonymous? Because this is the only program in the world for a person of my type that works. Nothing else works for me but Overeaters Anonymous for the previous 29 years and two months. I'm wearing the same clothes today I wore 25 years ago. The same clothes. This jacket looks a little... I'm getting older. But um, anyway, things are shifting. But in any case, so what did I do when I ran out of professionals to pay to get skinny and keep me skinny? I wrote my eulogy. I had to go. I had to go. Because I could not bear life with excess food, 260 pounds in L.A. at the time. Fat was totally unacceptable 29 years ago. If you were fat in L.A., this is my experience, you were a leper. You were a non-person. Get out of my way. You're nobody. Today it's a little bit more acceptable. Maybe. I'm not sure. But in any case, I had to kill myself. I had to go. I could not function in life without food. It was my only tool for survival for the day. And I couldn't function with food because it made me a cow. 260 pounds, size 24. Come on, L.A.? Holy crap. I was wearing like tent dresses. And so I had to go. So I wrote my eulogy and I bought four cemetery plots in my tiny hometown in Pennsylvania where I grew up. And I, could you put that cell phone away for me, please? No, don't take notes, please. Thank you. It's being recorded. Um, in any case, thank you so much. Uh, so, in any case, what I did is I um, had to kill myself. That's it. I had to go. There was nobody left on the planet to help me. Where am I going to go? I can't eat and I can not eat. What am I going to do? i got to go. I bought four cemetery plots. I wrote my eulogy. And talk about grandiose. I designed my tombstone, black marble, South Africa. And I'm like way ahead of my time here. Way ahead. Now it's very standard. And I would, I inserted this video in my, I would insert this video in my tombstone. You push a button and it would tell you all about my life story and how she was just way too good for this planet. And, oh, she tried and she's just a, those plots are still there now in my hometown. I was just there last week and I sit on that grave site where I'm going to be buried when I die and I read the big book. Talk about revenge is sweet, right? Retribution. So I came into OA and I found you. I found you. I found people 
that were not using food to live life. They were using the 12 steps. I went, oh my God, what a concept. And um, I got a sponsor. If you don't have a sponsor, you're wasting your time in OA. Because I'll tell you what a sponsor does for me. Uh, it gets me out of my sick mind. I don't want to go in my mind because it's what a bad neighborhood. You heard of that, right? A sponsor gets me to take actions that I do not yet believe in. What? Gets me to take actions that I do not yet believe in and I disagree with. A sponsor overrides my judgment. How can I judge my own mind when I have this compulsive overeating mind? Come on. Why do you think I'm an OA? Why did, you, why did I weigh 260 pounds size 24? Because I was listening to myself. Okay, she does that. She makes me work the program. I call her. I'm in touch with her a lot. I got a sponsor in 1989. Her name's Susan. She's no longer in program. We got into the steps. I came in in June. I got abstinent July 28th in 1989. And I was done with step 12 by Thanksgiving. Now think about that. But we did that because she said, you are going to be doing these over and over for the rest of your life. Kind of like brushing your teeth. You're probably really good at brushing your teeth, right? So am I. But that's how my steps are today. They're automatic, over and over. And that's why we got in the steps so quickly. And here's one thing. I'm going to shock the room. She made me put my food down. Oh, my God. She made me put my food down. I'm five foot eight. I weigh 262 pounds, 261 pounds. You're going to take my food. Now, I sponsor gals today in Michigan, and they will do anything I ask except put the food down. I'm serious. And, you know, I'm not going to be critical. I'm telling you my experience. You know, Overeaters Anonymous is what? What is our mission statement? To attain and maintain healthy body weight. Now, I have gals in Michigan who have been in OA for, I've been back there 18 years. I have gals that have a sponsor that, that touch, are in touch with me for 18 years. They haven't lost a pound. Why are they coming to OA? Why? So, listen, this is my program. I came into OA to get skinny. I'm not kidding you. It's Overeaters Anonymous. And how do I get thin or healthy body weight, which I am right today, hopefully? I have to work the steps. I have the, most, I have the best diet plan, the best cookbooks in my home. They mean nothing. I don't follow any of them, just like Michael said earlier. I'll tell you about my food plan if you ask a question during the question period. I came in here and I found all of you. You were healthy body weight. But your house burned down, your kid got killed in a car accident, you wrecked the motorcycle, and you were not eating. How would you ever do that? I mean, I broke a fingernail. I would call suicide prevention before OA. How are you not eating with all those tragedies? I mean, oh my God, we got this terrible politician in office. I would gain 60 pounds over a new president. Now I forget who the hell it was, by the way, you know? I mean, you would see me in July on the beach in Santa Monica in a size 8 white fringe leather bikini. And then six months later in December, you see me in a size 24 black velvet muumuu, wearing a poinsettia corsage, and you wouldn't recognize me. That was my disease. What was it? And you would say, what, what's the matter? What happened to you, Jeannie? And I would say, don't you know that politician? I mean, what do you mean? It's totally out of my control. I didn't even watch the news today. I, do, I vote, and I send my candidate money. End of story. That is the extent of my involvement in world affairs. Because I treasure my abstinence, and I take care of things only in my sphere of influence. Cat, dog, horse, husband, job, house, kitty litter, car. That's it. I can control that stuff. Usually not my husband. But <laughs> So I came in here, got a sponsor. 
we got into the 12 steps, we put a food plan together of what would a 5 foot 8 woman at my age at the time, 39 years old, be eating to be the weight that I wanted to be at that time. <clears throat> I was shocked. My food went like from here down to here. But I want to remind everybody for the relative newcomers, my food at that time was not rabbit food. I'm not eating tofu, alfalfa sprouts, seaweed, and lettuce. I'm not sunflower seeds. At the time, I went from a 15-hour banquet to three banquets. And then I went down to normal health. But, you know, I'll talk about the food later. So. At this point, our recorder malfunctioned, and we do not have the rest of Jeannie's talk. However, there are two other talks from Jeannie up on our website. If you go to oalaig.org and then to the visual, Virtual Speakers Bureau and then search on Jeannie, and it's spelled G-E-N-I-E, you'll find two talks from this wonderful speaker.